Church, after weeks of preparation, after countless conversations with the divine, questioning our hope alongside Zechariah, pondering the coming peace alongside Mary, jumping for joy alongside Elizabeth, after the long trek to Bethlehem in the company of the wandering and wondering and perhaps mischievous kings, at long last we have arrived. And so has he. Jesus has been born. Merry Christmas. Let's try that one more time. Merry Christmas. It seems that we have just beheld the newborn king, just cradled the creator of the cosmos when the story wants to speed ahead on us. As quickly as our own holiday decorations come down, as quickly as our own guests return home, the angels return to their realms of glory. The shepherds and the flocks return to their grazing. Even the late-coming magi will return home this week on Epiphany, like our Christmas decorations to their boxes. We don't linger long in the manger. I wish we did. I wish scripture gave us glimpses into those early, hushed and hazy days. After the mystery and marvel of Jesus' birth fade and before the hustle and bustle of his adulthood, I wish we could see this holy child and family in those blessedly ordinary moments together. I wish I could see Mary nursing the savior of the world and rocking him silently. I wish I could see Joseph pacing the floor, hushing the crying Christ. I wonder, who was this child? Was he a good sleeper? What made him cry? What were his first words, his favorite games? As he grew, who were his friends? How did he live with his own body? I'm curious equally about his parents. How? do you raise a Messiah? Mary had consented to bear and birth the Christ child, yes. Joseph knowingly agreed to partner and parent with her, but really, they should have asked, how do you raise a Messiah, Gabriel? As it turns out, there and our questions for God about this child don't end at the manger. Luke um, alone among the Gospels gives us sparing snapshots of Jesus' early days, a few Polaroids in an otherwise undocumented childhood. We see in Luke's photo album that Jesus is circumcised at eight days old like all Jewish boys, forever marked as part of God's covenant family. At six weeks, Mary and Joseph present him at the temple, dedicating him to God. They raise him, we assume, to know and practice the law like them, including the required annual pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem for Passover. So every year, Mary and Joseph travel with Jesus the 90 miles or the five days journey all the way to Jerusalem in the south from Nazareth in the north for the festival of Passover. Those seven days celebrating God's liberating work of the ancient Hebrews from the bondage of Egyptian slavery. 
They're on one of these family pilgrimages when we hear the only story we have about the boy Jesus. He's 12 and he's lost. So listen to this reading, my friends, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up, as usual, for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went on a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and their friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with him and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Holy God, word made flesh. We come to your scripture open yet again to being surprised. So silence our agendas, we pray. Banish our assumptions, cast out our casual familiarity, confound our expectations. Clear the cobwebs from our ears, penetrate the corners of our hearts with this, your word. We know that you can. We pray that you might and we wait with great anticipation that you will. Amen. I can imagine this Passover week feeling a bit like this week that we're in now between Christmas and New Year, buzzing with joy and festivity, brimming with celebration and possibility. Family and friends from a long distance reunite those who wouldn't otherwise make it to worship find their way back to the temple to sing beloved songs, to hear an ancient story. A long time ago, after a long, dark night of waiting, God came among us, bringing light and liberation. I can feel the double gaze of God's people one eye on the past and one eye on the future, remembering and hoping, celebrating what God has done even as they look around to all that still needs God's liberation. And there, in the midst of the festivity and action, is the boy Jesus, going through the motions alongside his parents like he does every year. 
Now this year is a little different because after the festivities wrap up and Mary and Joseph start their long return to Nazareth, well, they think Jesus is with others in their large caravan and it is a day before they realize that he isn't. Now, I don't know about you, but as I read this passage, I can't help but do it first as a parrot, panicked parent. What is a day's journey from here, friends? San Diego, Portland, you can get pretty far in a day. So imagine you are all the way to San Diego and you realize that your child is not with you. Let's just internalize this for a moment, enter into the story. Now imagine that you do not have a car or a cell phone and it takes you a whole other day to rush back anxiously to Jerusalem. Then you have to search for not one, not two, but three whole days before finally finding them. I recently lost my one-year-old in our 900-square-foot home for about 30 seconds. And let me tell you, it was sheer terror. My heart instantly went from the worst possible scenarios, even as my head rapidly told me, where could he possibly be? Where could he possibly be? Filtering through the possibilities. This boy Jesus has been missing in action for five whole days. Enough time that this family could have returned all the way back to Nazareth. Enough time, Mary thinks, for all manner of things to have happened to this child. How do you raise a Messiah? She has already lost him. <laughs> so how do these parents greet him when they find Jesus in the temple? coolly sitting among the teachers of the law, listening and asking questions unfazed. A question for you youth out there. Have you ever been home late from school or out with friends for a fun night? Anybody? I see some nods there, hesitant. Okay, yes, some hands. Okay, so you know this shift that happens in your parents' questions and tones, don't you? You walk through the door and there is first concern. Are you safe? Are you okay? And then, boy, does that turn quickly to holy rage. What were you thinking? I was worried sick. Mary greets her son similarly. Child. Not even the first name, middle name combination that we know so well. Just child. Oof. Child, why have you treated us like this? You don't have to know the original Greek to get the translation here, friends. This is trouble in the ancient Greek. Trouble. I can only imagine thinking, Mary thinking, boy, you are lucky we're in the temple right now. As soon as we get outside, ooh. And how does Jesus respond? He doesn't apologize or explain why he missed the bus. He simply asks, why were you searching for me? As parents, it's here that our righteous indignation just hits its peak. But it's here that I want to invite us to step back and read the story from the lens of a child, from the boy Jesus. 
Jesus is 12 years old, that threshold age between childhood and adulthood in his society. He is curious and precocious. He hasn't yet learned to guard his questions. He simply asks whatever comes to mind. You have that experience with children in your life, don't you? That moment when the child asks you a question that catches you totally off guard with its brilliant simplicity. Why is the sky blue? How are babies made? If we can't see God, how do we know that God's real? Why do bad things happen to good people? The questions come at us with disarming simplicity, as do their own brilliant observations. We want to know more about the intricacies of physics, biology, theology, morality. We'll spend time with our resident experts. You'll find them in their offices in the nursery and in the youth rooms. Jesus' response to Mary is the first time he speaks in the Gospel of Luke, and it's a question. Why were you searching for me? But really, why were you searching for me in all the wrong places? It's a good question. Why did Mary and Joseph take those three whole days before finding Jesus in the temple? Where did they search first? Maybe relatives or friends' houses, his favorite field for playing in, the marketplace with its sweets and toys for sale. What eventually drew them to the temple? Perhaps they guessed their son might be there. Or maybe they didn't go to the temple searching for him at all. Maybe they went there for Sabbath worship and he just happened to be there. Where did they expect to find their boy Jesus? How did they so easily lose him? How do you raise a Messiah? Had things been so blessedly ordinary for so long, no more angelic house calls or adoring visitors, that the mystery surrounding his birth had begun to fade like a dream for them? Or maybe Mary and Joseph were keenly aware of what their son would become and do, but assumed that that was years away. I wonder if Mary and Joseph just weren't expecting their baby to already be growing up, to be learning and developing, to sit at the feet of the teachers of the law, to ask his questions and offer his own insights. Like Mary and Joseph, I wonder if we go through the motions of this holiday year after year, but lose Jesus when we fail to realize that he must learn and grow. If we say that Jesus wasn't just a baby who was born and had a special relationship with God, but was actually God himself, if we're going to take the divinity of Jesus seriously, well, friends, it's going to lead to some questions about his humanity. Like, how did he develop? How did he learn and grow? Who formed him as a person? Many of us are a, are a lot more familiar and frankly more comfortable with Jesus who's only divine, who moves seamlessly from the manger to the cross with perfect knowledge, perfect power, the light of God in a thin layer of skin. But here, in these days immediately after Christmas and before the events of Lent, we find Jesus as a child, 
not only as a baby in a manger, but as a boy in the temple. The son of God and the son of Mary and Joseph, who was learning from his human peers and from his parents, who listens and asks questions of the teachers of the law, who maybe is schooled in the human art of apology by his mother on the way back to Nazareth. Jesus is easily lost to us in the hustle after the holiday when we fail to let Jesus be a child, to learn and grow, to have questions about God, about God's story of liberation, about his own role in it, to wonder in the company of others. Next week, all of you high school youth out there are invited to start confirmation the process of exploring your faith in the company of your peers and mentors. You'll listen to teachers and ask honest questions about scripture, about the history of the big church and the traditions of this particular church, about the life and work of Jesus and what it means to be a disciple. And ultimately, you'll have the opportunity to confirm your own faith and become a member of this church. Well, why do we do this? Well, because Jesus did. If the Savior of the world learned and grew by listening, well, then can't we? If we find the Messiah unafraid to ask honest questions, well, then might there be space for us to do the same? This week after Christmas, we ask, what child is this? But also, how do you raise a Messiah? With Mary, we ponder and treasure this unique scene, slowly grasping who this child will become. We catch a glimpse of when he will return to the temple at a future Passover to listen and question the teachers of the law once again. But this time, he'll be tried, convicted, and handed over. And Mary will again find him after three days alive and well and in a place she did not expect. That's coming, friends. But for now, the boy Jesus returns with his parents to an out-of-the-way place to increase in wisdom and in years, in divine and human favor, to question and learn and grow. And we're invited to do the same alongside him. Thanks be to God. Amen.